You're listening to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. I hope that you've had a really great start to your Monday. You know, Mondays are such an exciting day. I wait for that notification on my phone where it goes, bing, you know, the new podcast is out. And I just get so excited knowing that this information is out there and that you get to listen to it. Uh, But before we jump into our um, show today, um, I wanted to pause really quick. You know, a a couple episodes back, we had a guest on who was talking about this app called Ed Can Help. And I have had so many of you reach out to me and just say, hey, I've checked out this app. This app has been amazing, just helping with anxiety and just some of some of those other stress and things that can happen. And so I really wanted to just give it another shout out. This is an app I personally use. I have found it to be so helpful in my own daily routines. And, and just to remind you that it is something that is available um, that you can check out. And so I'm going to put the link down in the show notes here, just because this is a resource that I'm finding over and over and over again. I share about it. And then people come back and say, wow, I'm so glad that you mentioned it. So there you go. That's your reminder that Ed can help us out there and that you should definitely check it out. Okay. But for today, I'm really excited to be sitting down with Dr. Kayla. She is just one of the great experts when it comes to fertility in this space. I mean, she has just done a considerable amount of work in just helping couples to conceive. Um, She is the host of the Hormone Puzzle podcast, which as you know, I was on a while ago, um, which it's a great episode. You should definitely check it out. Um, But I'm really excited to just sit down with her today and talk about her perspective of fertility optimization what are the holistic things that we can do to kind of bring things back in balance, help you get pregnant, have that baby you're dreaming of. Um, And so we're just going to jump right in. So welcome, Dr. Kayla. Thank you for taking time in your busy schedule to chat with us. Sure. Thank you, Hannah. I'm super excited to be here. Well, you know, it's been a little while since we chatted together, so it's fun to see you again. Um, I love the opportunity of Zoom to just kind of feel like you get to have conversations with people who, you know, probably otherwise, based on where we live, we probably wouldn't have that chance. Um, But the first question that I really want to start with, uh, mostly because I'm curious, is how did you arrive in this space of fertility? What led you to do this really important work? Sure. So this started out of my own personal struggle with infertility, as I'm sure many of us practitioners have experienced. And I was about 34 when all of this started. And I went to my doctors, ran a bunch of tests, told me I had unexplained infertility and to keep trying. So I tried for a little while. Then I went back. And by this time I was around 36 and they said, well, now you're advanced maternal age and you have unexplained infertility. So we recommend IUI or IVF. If IUI doesn't work, we want you to do IVF. And that just didn't sit well with me. I thought, well, there's nothing medically wrong with me just because I'm 36. I'm not 56. Like, come on. So I left that office thinking I'm going to do everything I can to get as fertile as possible holistically. And if that doesn't work, then I know IVF or IUI will be there. 
And so that's what I did. I got into research and I was like, all right. And, and granted, this is 10 years ago. So there was no Instagrams or any of these people there are now. So I just went to the library, started researching like, all right, what foods can I eat? What, what does my lifestyle need to be? What do my supplements need to look like? How's my mindset playing into this? And I ended up creating what is now the hormone puzzle protocol. And I implemented that on myself. And in about six, six to eight months or so, I ended up pregnant naturally with my first. And then I did it again when I was 40 and had, or about 39, had that baby at 40. And then at 40, I was working in corporate America. I was working in health and wellness, but not in the fertility space. And I thought I have to teach this. Like I, I didn't get this from my doctors. And so other people must not be getting it either. So I went back to school with a newborn and a two-year-old and started my career as a health coach. And then I became a nutritionist and now I have a PhD in natural medicine. And so it's been quite the journey. And as you know, and as you said in my bio, I've I've got books and a podcast and I've, I've helped thousands of people all over the world solve this issue. So that's a little about me. It's been a great journey. Wow. Well, what, what a, you know, a journey to go through. And I identify with your story so much because our journey similarly started with kind of being told, well, just, you know, when you're ready, come back and we'll just give you the meds and we'll, we'll kind of go from there. Uh, And it just kind of gives you that unsettled feeling like now, hold on, aren't there any other options out there? (laughs) yes yes so so yeah so I appreciate hearing that and I just I just love seeing how that personal journey which I'm sure was not easy to navigate through has just turned into a great passion and calling of life's work sure so the one thing that I would love to pick your brain on because you have seen so many patients in your practice um is what's your take? Why are so many people struggling with infertility? You know, I don't feel like this is something that we heard about 20 years ago. That's not to say it didn't exist. Definitely there were people struggling, but it seems like it's becoming more and more common these days. For sure. For sure. And actually the statistic was one in eight couples globally struggle with infertility. Now that's even changed. The World Health Organization says it's one in six couples that struggle globally. So that tells you right there that it is definitely, in my eyes, I say an epidemic. This is the true epidemic, pandemic. Um, But there's a couple of reasons why I think this is happening now more than ever. One, we're talking about it more, but it is actually happening more because of a few different things. One, the state of our food supply is not what it used to be. I feel like that's a huge piece of it. I don't feel like people are eating the right nutrients for fertility. But if you look at our ancestors and even our grandparents, you know, they were more hunters gatherers. They were eating off the land. They were eating whole foods where now we're eating a lot of things out of packages, a lot of processed food, a lot of seed oils. So I think that's one piece of it. A lot of toxins from just things being sprayed on our foods. The other piece of it, I think, and I've been doing a lot of research on this, is our circadian rhythms are all off, all these blue screens, and it's just throwing that internal clock off, which is affecting our hormones and our gut health and our, you know, our uh, mental health, all of that. And then the last place I would say are the toxins. There's just so many toxins all over us all the time. I think I saw a statistic recently that said we leave the ha- a woman leaves the house with over a hundred different chemicals on her body wow. every single morning. And if you can imagine how that clogs the endocrine system, how that just junks up the whole system, it's just insane. So I think those are really the places that I've seen are the most impacted and what is causing this this epidemic. 
Mm, and and it's, um, it's crazy to think because each one of those things that you kind of broke down in and of itself is a big deal. Like you take that, you take the food right by itself. That's a really big deal that our food is not what it used to be. And we're not eating we're not eating real food anymore. And then you get to like the, what you said about skin. It's like, well, that's a big deal because we're being slathered constantly with stuff that's just absorbing into our systems. Um, yeah. And that trickle down effect, you know, we don't think about it, but it, we're just constantly, we're getting this onslaught day after day, yeah. <laughs> hour yeah. after hour. I think about it when I'm out and I go into like a public restroom and the only thing they have is the soap. And I'm like, oh, I don't have anything else. <laughs> I'm like, is it worse to just not wash my hands or should I use this topic? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I see as being so confusing once people enter this season of navigating fertility challenges is lab testing. Um, so I wondered if we could kind of break, we could talk about that for a little bit today. It seems like that there's just, you know, in general, there's just a lot of unknowns for, for those of us who, who come at it, you know, more from a patient perspective, you know, your provider obviously knows a lot what these different labs are, but, but there's just so much that generally we don't understand about why this is run or should we get that test or, what do you think is the most important thing to know when navigating this world? Sure. So the first thing that I always tell my patients and clients is we want to test, not guess. We mm. want to see exactly what needs to be fixed or optimized or both. And so I'm a huge fan of functional lab tests. And you can go to your doctor, you can have some blood work done, but blood work is only going to show you a snapshot in time of what's happening when that whatever is being tested is tested, whether that's hormones or minerals or, you know, your blood, any of that is just showing us a snapshot in time. It's not showing us fluctuations. It's not showing us how things are being methylated, detox, excreted. It's not showing our minerals that are inside of our cells. It's not showing any of that. So it's only one piece of that puzzle where if we dive in functionally, we can look a little deeper and see, okay, which ones of these systems are off, which ones need to be fixed or optimized. So there's really three places that I like to look when it comes to functional tests. And obviously every person is a case by case. Not every person needs every one of these tests, but these are kind of the three main ones where I'll say, okay, do we need to look here, here, or here? So the first one I like to do is the dried urine hormone test. I use one from Meridian Valley Labs, and I like to look at hormones through dried urine versus blood because, again, that snapshot in time. But the hormones through dried urine, it's going to show us a deeper look. It's going to show how things are being methylated, which means neutralized, detoxed, and excreted, which is especially important when we're looking at estrogen. It'll show us our um, all of our stress hormones. That's another place I feel a lot of practitioners miss, those glue glucocorticoids, cortisol, cortisone, uh, preg pregnenolone, all of those pieces are adrenal gland reserve to say, are we living in fight or flight? Or is our body think it's going to be attacked by a tiger? And so it's not a safe place to procreate. And so we need to make sure that those are balanced and working the way that they should. That also controls blood sugar, which a lot of people don't realize glucocorticoids are pulling blood sugar, glucose out of your blood. So that's another important piece. So that's kind of the first place I'll look is at the hormone. The endocrine system is working the way that it needs to be working for fertility, hormones, and overall health. Then the second place I feel a lot of practitioners miss is our gut health. 
I love to do a microbiome. Yes. I love to do a microbiome analysis, not just a GI map. GI map will only show us who's there. It does not show us how they're interacting with each other. It does not show if there's opportunistic bacteria or fungus or parasites. And it doesn't show that interaction and how the actual environment in the gut is versus just who's in there. I don't, I want to know who's there, but I want to know how, what they're doing in there, how they're affecting things. So a lot of times to doing a gut test, even male or female, sometimes even on the male clients, I'll find things. I'm like, you have this bacteria that's causing your stress hormones to go up. That's causing you not to be able to make sperm the way that you should. And you're never going to get somebody pregnant with this, you know, when it looks like this. So, so that's one piece I'll look is the gut. And then the last place I like to look is through minerals. I like to do tissue versus blood. I like to do a hair tissue mineral analysis because our our mineral status, 90% of the population have mineral imbalances. They don't even realize that they have these. And so when we're looking at minerals, we have to use a tissue because this is going to show us what's inside the cell. I don't want to see what's in your blood. If you go to your doctor and have blood work and they do, you know, sodium, magnesium, potassium, that's just a transportation mechanism. That's never showing truly what's in your cells and what's being utilized by the body. I find this a lot. And I just was doing some research on this when it comes to iron. A lot of women are told they're anemic. There's really no such thing as anemia. If you look at the research, it's really that iron is in their body and it's bio unavailable. And so it looks like they're anemic. And then the doctor says, well, take iron because you're anemic, but they're really not. They don't need to take iron. They need to look at their copper balance, their copper ratio and supplement with copper to get that iron to be available to them. So it's, and so those are kind of the three places. So the endocrine system, the gut, and then the mineral status are the three. I say, these are really the most important systems when it comes to fertility. Hmm. And I feel like you just touched on each one of those tests, you know, individually is insanely valuable. I love that you mentioned the adrenal, uh, looking at the adrenal hormones, because I do think that's one that you hardly ever hear about being evaluated. Um, but, but just the, the broad spectrum of data and not just data, but actually actionable data that you can draw from even just one of those tests is huge. And it's the great reminder that anytime I hear someone say, well, I've already had the fully comprehensive workup, it's like, well, hold on, because let's let's talk about what that actually looks like, because that's a very different thing to just go in and have the, the lab panel run versus having some of these more um, intricate tests. And I say intricate intentionally, because I think a lot of times they're misunderstood if you actually don't understand how to read and interpret them, which is just, you know, Personally, I don't run lab tests, but from my speaking with others like you, I've picked up on that like, oh, okay. So in order to to really understand what's going on here, we actually have to know what every single aspect of this test is telling us. Yes. And that's why it's a good point. You have to work with a practitioner who knows how to read these tests. I get this question a lot. Well, can I just go to my MD and have some of this done? Most MDs are not trained in this way. If they're not a functional doctor, they're not going to be trained. It's just not their their wheelhouse, if you will. It's not taught in medical school because it's it's two pieces, it's two different branches of medicine. One is trying to heal, one is trying to fix. If I break my leg, I go to my MD, I go to the emergency room. If I want to heal my body, I'm going to go see my functional doc. Yeah. It's two different branches. Yeah. It's so true. And I I appreciate the differentiation because I think a lot of times when we say that there's always this like underlying, oh, we're trying to throw them under the bus, but it's, that's not really what's happening here. It's just recognizing that there is a difference 
in philosophy and treatment care and approach. And it does, you know, result in, you know, different outcomes for different things. There is a beautiful specialty in place for each. Exactly. Yes. So you talked earlier in the show about how you developed this hormone puzzle protocol, which has now brought you two beautiful babies who I assume are not babies anymore. <laughs> and almost eight. <laughs> oh, that's, that's exciting. Fun ages. Um, but can you share a little bit more about that with us? Sure. So the hormone puzzle protocol, as I said earlier, was created out of my own personal story with infertility. And it was a way for me to grab some control back in a piece of my life where I felt very out of control. A lot of stuff was happening to me. I'm type A. I wanted that control back. So I thought, okay, what are some things that I can control and I can control on a daily basis? So the hormone puzzle was born out of that. And then it's what I use with all my clients and patients. And it's a way for them to grab some control back. And so what the hormone puzzle method is, it's an acronym and it's foundational pieces that you need to focus on on a daily basis to optimize your health. So lab testing is great. I'm test don't guess, like I said earlier, but if you haven't done these things, then don't run labs, do this first, (laughs) because this is foundational. So I'm going to go through that acronym now. So it's puzzle is P, proper whole food nutrition. U is understanding supplements. Z is zapping stress. Z or Z's sleep. L, love and encouragement. E, exercise and environment. So you need to really look at your life and say, am I working on all of these things on a daily basis? If you're listening to this and you're like, I'm doing all of that, then I want you to think, where can I optimize? Where can I do some habit stacking where things are even, you know, even more beneficial to me than just the basics? If you're not doing any of that, then pick one thing. Say, what can I do tomorrow to start to implement some of this into my life and then build from there? Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, those are some pretty broad categories. Like, I think we underestimate the amount that is within our control. Like, I'm a big believer in like, don't don't just try to redo and change everything like all at once, but recognize the fact that there's probably some very large categories that you can make big movement in. And I know even for myself, you know, as someone who for years has, you know, cared in a lot of those areas, you know, I find there are times when I slip in certain ones, like currently I need to do better at getting to bed. I like staying up and, you know, hanging out with my husband on the couch, (laughs) you know, it's like, there's always, it always seems like there, there is an area in that sub sub in those subcategories you broke down that you can work on. Sure. Sure. And I always say too, 1% better today than you did yesterday. Mm, That's good. You don't have to be, I always say too, not, we're going for progress, not perfection. So don't try to be perfect. Just do a little bit better than you did yesterday. You're winning. Hmm. So is there any of those areas that you just outlined where if someone's like starting out, they're like, oh, I've got all of this stuff to optimize. Is there one that you're like, well, start here, make this your like focus for now. Yeah, I would say the nutrition piece is very important. If you can start with just that piece and even just start to eliminate some of those inflammatory foods, we didn't really go into that in deep detail, but start eliminating things like gluten and sugar and processed foods, hydrogenated oils, alcohol, caffeine even. And and I'm not saying like you have to never have any of those foods. Maybe that you love some of that, but definitely try to start daily basis, what are you doing? It's okay to have that as a treat. But if every day after dinner, you're having like, or with dinner, you're having a big loaf of bread and some ice cream and, you know, a bunch of sugary foods, then let's start to eliminate some of that. And that will move the needle in a big way. 
Mm, so yeah, that's, that's so true. You know, the small steps, the small steps add up guys <laughs> can't say it enough. The small steps add up. Um, but you know, the one pressing question, I know we're, we're getting close to the end here, but one pressing question that we, that I know everybody asks because, you know, everyone on this journey, a lot of times has been here for a while. You know, a lot of our listeners, this is not their first cycle. This they've been here for many cycles. And so the question always is, well, how long until I see results? So what's your, what's your response there? It really depends on where you're starting. And I, and that's again, another point why I feel like the functional testing can be really helpful because we can see exactly what's going wrong and we can work to fix that. But I have clients and patients that come to me that within 30 days, we are pregnant now after years of trying because we've just fixed and optimized a couple things. And that could be with or without lab testing. Sometimes people come to me and they're just having sex at the wrong time. I know that sounds ridiculous, but no, I've it had doesn't. it happen. I've had it happen to people. So it can be something that simple. Um, I like to give at least 90 days because that's the cycle of eggs and sperm. So if you come to me, you want to put in this work for at least 90 days. Now, maybe you will see results sooner, but definitely give it 90 days if possible, especially to the other piece of that. If you are going into IVF, especially, well, I say if if this is your first cycle or if you've had failed cycles, if you can wait 90 days and really make sure those eggs that are pulled are really the strongest eggs you can have, that's going to be the best. But, um, you know, and, and on the other side of that, too, I have people say, well, I don't have 90 days. I'm just not going to do anything. Don't do that. Do something. Just do what you can. But if you have 90 days, at least give it that. Um, so yeah, it could take could take 30 days. It could take 90 days. But the other piece of this too, and I know we're about to wrap up, but um, this is not a diet. This isn't like come in for 90 days, change your lifestyle and go back to your old ways. This is for life. This is for your overall fertility in this moment, but your overall health. So you're going to keep these habits permanently and going to optimize your health and hopefully your fertility. So yeah, that was a long way to answer. <laughs> no, that's okay. No, that's okay. You made some good points there. And I think that's something that we do often forget is that, you know, it didn't just happen overnight to kind of get into this position where things are not working quite the way that they should be. Um, and it should be the nice, gentle reminder, like, hey, there there are some big pieces here that we need to permanently change. Um, and so that's definitely a mindset that is helpful to have when making some of these changes, which do feel like really big shifts because it can feel overwhelming if we're thinking, oh, I'm just going to do this for 30, 60, 90 days. But when it's like, oh, I'm making this this change to implement for my ongoing lifestyle, then suddenly it's like, oh, well, I just have to figure out how to implement this and make it the new routine versus I got to survive. <laughs> Right, right. Yep. And that's one of the things I help my clients and patients with is creating these habits and and how to create a habit and how to make it one that you love and that will last and that doesn't feel so hard. So yeah, that's definitely important. Well, that seems like the perfect segue for anyone who's listening. They're curious. They want to know how to connect with you, whether or not you're accepting um, new patients. What is the next step? So we have a free gift for your audience. It's a his and hers guide to optimizing fertility plus seven days free and our solving infertility summit. So they can grab that. They can learn more about me, learn about my programs, grab that free gift at 
hormonepuzzlesociety.com. And I have a bunch of freebies on that website. So not just the one for you guys, but we have a fertility meal plan. We have a hormone guide. So lots of free goodies. They can check out my podcast there and learn more about me. Um, And there's a link to book a call with me right on that website. So they can do that too. Fantastic. Well, we'll link all of that down in the show notes as well to make it really easy to find. But Dr. Kayla, thank you for taking time to just be with us today, share from your, your knowledge. Um, I, I look forward to hopefully chatting again sometime in the future. Thank you. For those of you who are listening, this wraps up our show for today, but I hope that you found it to be really helpful. Like I said, we're going to put all of those links down there in the show description. So scroll down wherever it is that you are listening, or I guess scroll up if it's on a on a podcasting app um, and you could find those links. But with that, we're going to be back again next week with another show. So don't forget to subscribe because we have so much more good info coming your way. With that, I'm going to sign off and we'll be back soon. Hey friends, I wanted to quickly pause today's episode to talk about Full Wells Fertility Booster. Now there are so many products on the market designed for supporting sperm and egg health. And I wanted to specifically highlight this one today. You know, I'm sure that if you look at your counter, you probably have a ton of different supplements you've already purchased that are just sitting there that you and your significant other are taking on a daily basis. What you don't need is two more products that you need to add, that you need to purchase, that you need to keep there. And so that's why I really like Full Wells Fertility booster. This is a single product that's designed to support both sperm and egg quality. It includes some of those really big hitting antioxidant supplements like CoQ10, alpha lipoic acid, and NAC. And it's designed to just be added into the routine that you already have going. Now, what's really cool here is that there are no ingredients that overlap with what is already in your prenatal. So you don't have to worry about getting too much folate or getting too much vitamin A or getting too much of any one of these other supplements that we really don't want to be up regulating our dose with. And so this is a great product to add. If you have been doing the dietary and the lifestyle changes, but you're really looking for something extra to help take that sperm and egg quality to the next level. Now you can head over to fullwellfertility.com. You can put this in your cart. They've got a lot of other great products on that website and you can use the code blissberrywellness at checkout to save.